0: Today, I'm going to talk about something that I've actually done this message years ago, and I do this message quite often, actually every year for Springs College, and this is a message that I wish I would have known when I was younger, but it took me going through a lot of stuff to actually get to the place where I understood what I'm gonna be talking about today and and hopefully it will help you to sort through a few things that maybe you've gotten confused or out of place in your life just like I had. When I was in New York, Um, and I referenced New York because a lot of things happened to me there. A lot of good things happened to me there, and a lot of things I discovered about myself there, but as well, a lot of negative things happened to me that shaped some of the way I am, some of the way I view life, and this message, I believe, started with that, and thank God I got to Springs Church and got under the messages that Pastor Leon was teaching, and it helped to shape me and mold me as well. And one of the things about when I was in New York... Um, <laughs> a lot of times people will think I'm, I'm bragging when I say this, but I have a gift working with kids. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, when I was there, I was on a route that was in an, an area called Tolleson, and we were bringing kids from there, and we had over 100 kids coming on the buses from that area. And so there was an, a project in, Brook, in Brooklyn, in Phoenix, Arizona. It was one of the largest ones in Phoenix, and it was only running about 50, maybe 40, 50 kids each week. And so they wanted to move me to that bus route. And when, within a few weeks of me being there, we were up over 100 kids again. And so the pastor there, the, the children's pastor there running that bus ministry was like, man, you're like the Pied Piper. You walk into a neighborhood and kids just seem to follow you out. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. God gave me a gift to work with kids. I believe, especially with inner city kids, my heart goes out to them. I just have this special love for inner city kids that I cannot explain um, because God placed it in me. But as well, when I was in New York and, and we're doing amazing things, I had three Sunday school routes. I had over a thousand kids that were on my routes that I had to visit each and every week, but I had gotten myself worn out. I had been doing a lot of it on my own. I had been working at it on my own, in my own strength and in my own power. And I had some things that had happened to me that really shook me. One of them was a friend of mine went to visit her route and she, um, her husband was actually one of my leaders that was on my team. And she came back just shaken. She'd gone into a house and there were these two kids that were sitting watching cartoons. Their mom had passed away we don't even know how many days before, and they were actually ripping at the cardboard from their cereal box and chewing on it. And shortly after that, one of my bus workers, she was 18 years old, um, she was a twin, and she got hit by a drunk driver. I was actually in Texas doing the children's crusade at a church, and so they phoned me, and they were, I was on my last night, and they phoned me and they said, tomorrow we're gonna fly you to Florida where she had been vacationing with her family. And twin had been, Annette was her name. She had been hit by a drunk driver. We want you to go there and be in a hospital with her family. And the next morning when I got up, they said, we're changing the flight back to fly back to New York. She passed away. And so there were events like this that had happened that it just wore me out because I was trying to do it on my own strength. I was trying to do it on my own merit. And this is where this message after developing and growing in my relationship with God started to come from. And there's three areas that I believe I got confused that I think sometimes we can get out of place. We don't understand exactly what each one and where it fits in our life. First is purpose. What's my purpose? Why am I here on this planet? And when I say purpose, I'm talking the big purpose, not what am I here to do? I'll get to what, what am I here to do under a different point. But purpose to me is the big picture. Why am I alive? Why do I exist? What is my purpose? My identity is another area. Why, who am I? What's my value? The third one is gifts. The things that I do, the, the things that God has placed in my life so that I can be used by him to impact the people around me. I think sometimes we put as our our main focus is who I am. And I think, and I'll, I'll get again deeper on each one of these, but I think sometimes we try to figure out who we are in our core and we miss out how to actually get to the depths of who we really are by finding out our purpose. So I'm gonna start with purpose today and we're gonna dig in and I'm hopefully gonna have enough time to get into it as deeply as I would like to. But what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why, do, why was I created? Why was I the one born to my parents? So many times we're looking for things to do when we actually have a purpose. God created us for purpose. And when we don't go to God for our purpose, it's like buying a sophisticated you know, piece of equipment or piece of technology and then throwing away the user's manual. Sure, you might get a little out of it, but if you actually took the time, and most of us probably don't until we want more out of it, reading the the user's manual, when we go to the manual, we find out why we have that piece of equipment and all of the different things that it can do. So I looked at it and I said, let's go back to the beginning. Why was Adam and Eve created? Why would God create mankind? God created them so he could have a relationship with us. That is our reason for being alive. God created us so that he didn't, the angels really have no free will. And sometimes we can get really caught up in, well, why would God allow? Because God wanted us to be able to choose Him. And in that, we can oftentimes choose the wrong things as well because it fulfills what we think is the need in our life. But in, in, in reality, doing it God's way fulfills the need with no side effects. So many times people are chasing after a hole in their heart, but they don't realize if they would fill that with the actual relationship with God, their life would go to a whole different place because there's no shame attached to it. There's no remorse attached to your relationship with God. But if I'm going after joy and I start into a drug relationship, eventually I'm gonna get to a place where I have shame or I have remorse and I want out of that relationship with drugs. But it fulfills that quick fix in our life. There's other tools and things that we will go to, things that make us feel more fulfilled. (laughs) Last week, I told you guys, get out your comment cards. I I just can't help but speak truth, okay? The truth is, is a lot of times we're going to things that the world says, this is great and it'll help fulfill your marriage and it won't help fulfill your marriage. Pornography is not going to make your marriage better. And so many times we're going to things that after we're done with it, we have this void, this emptiness inside us because we're not doing it the way God created it to be. We're stepping outside of his plan. When I follow his plan, when I wait to get married before I have sex, how much better can sex be? When I try to do it in my own way and the way the world says, oh, this is so good, it leaves an emptiness in my soul. My purpose is the relationship with God. And as I started drawing closer to him, I started realizing I was putting other things in the place of where he should be. So this luggage, we're going to use it as the example. This is my, my purpose. My purpose is to be close to God. My purpose is to spend time with God. My purpose, if I do nothing other than grow in my relationship with God, I'm gonna have a life that is fulfilling. I can go on vacations, I can go on trips, I can do all kinds of great things to try to find satisfaction, but I will never find the satisfaction that I can have when I put my life in his hands, when I grow in my relationship with him, when I spend time with the most valuable relationship I was created for. The Bible tells us in Psalms that we're gonna go through it a little bit about God's presence in our life. And this is the Old Testament. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Psalms eighty-nine fifteen says, blessed are those who learn to acclaim you who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. In the New Testament, it says this, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In the Old Testament, the presence of God could be around them, but he wasn't in them. When Jesus died on the cross and when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, we have the Spirit of God in us to walk out incredible plans and purposes. Romans 8, 35 says, can anything separate us from the love of God? Nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. When when we live our lives seeking God, we really get to where we learn who we are in that relationship. But so many times we're trying to find who we are, but if we were to actually go to God, we find who we are in him. If I find who I am outside of him, it doesn't last. So many people spend time, I've heard people say, well, you know what, I just need to go find myself. No, I actually need to get close to God and let him show me who I am. When I spend my time in him, Living my life for Him, growing in my relationship with Him, I start to learn that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The presence of God in my life gives me love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self control, and long suffering. But so many times I'm trying to change something in my life, but I'm doing it on my own. I'm seeking it out other places. Well, if I really work hard at this, I've got it. I'm good. But if I actually were to go to God and say, God, I need your strength. I need your help. I need your presence in my life to help me have the strength to quit that area that I don't want to do anymore, to become the man I want to become for my family, for my wife, for my job, for everyone around me. If I spend my time next to him, growing in him, learning about him, I'm actually learning who I am self-control is an attribute of somebody who's close to Christ, walking in his spirit, walking in his presence. But when I'm trying to figure it out on my own, my identity can get all messed up. My identity can become about all kinds of other things instead of about the truth of who I really am. We read quotes like, Knowing others is wisdom, knowing yourself is enlightenment. That sounds good, but you know what? Knowing God is enlightenment. And we so easily get focused on us and on what, what's going on in our world and what's going on in my life. And when we take our focus off ourselves. And we put it on the relationship that's the most important. This relationship is more important than my relationship with my wife. This relationship is more important than the relationship with my children. This is the most important. This relationship with God helps me to be a better husband. Helps me to be a better father helps me to live my life in a way that will impact others. Why? Because I'm able to hear him. I'm able to listen to him and know his strength, know his power, know his... One time, (laughs) there are moments in my life that I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. I don't know where it came from. One time I was um, doing Sunday school in a project in New York and this drug dealer got mad at me. Uh, I don't know exactly why he would ever get mad at me. Uh, Maybe it was because I told everybody on the tarps and all the parents to turn around and look at the drug dealer because none of them ever retire and move to Florida. They either wind up dead or in jail. So he might've been upset about that comment. I'm not sure. Um, But afterwards, he came up to me and he started to pull a nine millimeter out of the back of his pants and he was pushing me on the side of my head like this. And he was telling me he was gonna shoot me. And the way they said it back then was, I'm gonna cap you in the head. And he's pushing on the side of my head and I just stood there. And I looked at him and I said, go ahead. I know where I'm going, do you? Do you know where you're gonna go? And he looked at me and he was like shocked and stunned. Now, (laughs) even though I don't feel like I was living where I should be in this relationship, God still used me to do great things. And in that moment, that, that was not me. That was the spirit of God speaking through me. And I don't know, like, I'm not that bold. Well, maybe I am, I don't know. But he just shook his head. He, just, he couldn't wrap his brain around it. And he started walking away, calling me names. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, so you were gonna shoot me And now you're calling me names. I'll take the names. Thank you. Have a great day. Right? Like, oh, I'm so mad about you calling me a name. So, but here's the thing is the more time I spend with God, the more the right things come out of my mouth. The more his presence speaks through me. The more I can give what my girls need. The more I can give what Springs College needs needs. Why? Because it's out of the overflow of me, of God in me. It's not in my own strength. And in New York, I was trying to do so many things on my own strength. But when I realized now, man, if I would have just stayed close to God, how much more effective would I have been? How much stronger would I have been going through some of those things that brought me pain and heartache? My identity needed to come from Him. And not in the last area of our life that we usually seem to get our identity. The last area that we seem to get our identity is in our gifts. Who I am is not my gifts. Who I am is who I am in Christ. But so many times we're getting our identity instead of from God, we're getting it from the fact that, hey, I'm a a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm a... Uh, business owner. I'm a dad. I'm a mom. And we attach to our identity the things that God's placed into my life. I am not a children's pastor. I'm Danny. See, what I do should be out of the being close to Christ and in that relationship with God. But so many times we're attaching our value to a gift. So what happens? I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a mom. And we get our identity from that. What happens when our kid isn't good? Am I a bad dad now? What happens when something goes wrong in our business? Am I a bad business owner now? What happens when a doctor becomes too old to do surgery? Is he no longer valuable? And see, if we're attaching our value, our identity to our giftings, what happens when we lose that gift? What happens when that gift is no longer being used in our life? See, right now, I I don't generally work with kids anymore. One of my favorite things in life to do is to work with kids. But I don't even get to do that. I'm with 20-somethings now teaching college, well, I guess I'm just not what I thought I was. And I guess I'm just not going to be used by God the same way. And life is, no, God's got so many gifts in you that he's got plans and purposes for eternity for you to discover. But if you attach who you are to that gift, when it's no longer there, who am I? What am I to do? What if a a surgeon, top surgeon in the world, smashed his hand in a door and can no longer do surgery? Does he no longer have value? What about a singer who winds up hurting their voice and can't sing anymore? Do I lose my value? My value, my identity, comes from this relationship. God because he wants us to be able to do amazing things and enjoy life, is the one who put the gifts in us to be used. When we get these confused, when I get this in the place of my relationship with God, I won't value life the way I should, my life the way I should, other lives the way I should, because now it's about something they can offer me instead of who they are they're a child of God. I teach my college team, respect is given. I just give it. I don't care what your station in life is. I don't care if you think you're the world's greatest or you think you're the world's lowest. I'm going to respect you. Why? Because you're a child of God. Trust is different. Now, when my kids were little, was I going to go out on the street and grab some guy that's a drug addict and say, hey, come watch my kids. Not a chance. I don't trust them to watch my kids, but I can still respect them as a person. But you know what? If I'm struggling with who I am, trying to figure out who I am, instead of getting who I am from Christ, how do I love somebody else the way I'm supposed to? because I'm more caught up in what they can give me as their gift, help me. I want this, I need this. I'm caught up in the gifts of people instead of actually just loving people. See, I think that's where Jesus was so powerful is because he wasn't worried about what other people brought to the table. He wasn't worried about what other people thought of him because he knew who he was. But so many times we're so worried about what people are gonna think of us that we aren't spending time with God the way we should. Because how we look is more important. Our job is more important. The prestige is more important. What vehicle we're driving is more important. The things are more important. The things have no value. They're gonna be gone when you're gone. Somebody else is gonna use them. Somebody else is gonna take your money. But the relationships that I build in Christ, the people that I lead to Christ, that's eternal, that's forever, and no one can take that away. You see how easy it is for us to get these three things mixed up, and it causes us heartache, it causes us pain, it causes us frustrations. Acts 17:28 says, For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. When I realize who I am in him, that the gifts that I have are because he placed them in me. One of the verses that I love is, um, <laughs> wow, so many verses are now popping through my head. I'll come back to that thought. It wasn't written down, so I'll come back to it. Many of my issues were because I confused my, my who I am with the gifts I have. We attach who we are to the giftings placed in our lives. Right. The Bible says that if we seek his face, he will give us the desires of our heart. I believe that God put things in me. He designed me, the Bible says, he knit me in my mother's womb. So He put giftings in my life. When I trust him, he brings those gifts out and gives me those desires. I want to, my life, okay, so let's back it up. When I was in high school, I either wanted to be a professional football player, baseball player, or I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. One of those three things. Don't ask me how they all fit together. That was the way I was though. Loved the Navy SEALs. I still watch shows on the Navy SEALs, movies, Navy SEALs, I love it. But... That wasn't God's plan for my life. And I was actually really upset with God. At 16 years old, I knew I was, my giftings were gonna be to be used by him in the ministry, full-time, five-fold ministry gifts. I knew it. And I got mad at him and I ran from him and I did things that I shouldn't because I, I was like, if I get so messed up, God, you won't recognize me. Not really fully understanding the Bible, prodigal son, Jesus, God never gives up on us. And so he kind of let me do my thing. He kind of left me alone. I actually walked into church one time and said, God, just stop, just leave me alone. Because every time I'd walk into church, I'd feel that, that conviction of what I was doing wrong. And he actually stopped bugging me. He honored my request. But then on the day I got good and saved is what I call it. I spent like two hours at the front of the church crying and praying because all the stuff that I had done wrong started coming back to my head. So he's like, hey, remember this, remember this. Let's get this cleaned up. Let's change this. So I finally gave my life to Christ, but I was so scared to follow what I knew was the giftings that he had placed in me. One of them is to come up and speak in front of people. They actually say that dying is like fifth to seventh in most people's life that they're afraid of. And public speaking is number one. Well, I was no different. My first message was five minutes to a youth group. I had 35 minutes. Talk about feeling like a fool. You say your stuff and you're standing there looking at your notes going, I'm done. I was like, there is no way I'm ever doing that again, God. Forget about it. But when God places something in you, He's faithful. The more I draw closer to God, the better my gifts become. The more used my gifts become. The more impactful my gifts become. Why? Because they're attached to the very purpose of my life, which is to be close to Christ. So I want to encourage you guys. I want to leave it off on a very encouraging thing because when you grab a hold of these three things, when you realize that your identity is gonna be best served when you're in him, when you realize that your gifts are gonna be best served when you attach them to him, it is freeing, it is exciting. Every morning before I go to work, I thank God that I get to work for a church. I thank God that was not my intention, that was not my goal. But you know what? When I was leaving New York, I thought I was done with ministry. I had decided I'm not doing this anymore, God. It's too painful. I can't handle it. And there was one person, every morning he would be like, before you go to work, come to the church and we'll pray. And this was a guy named Pastor Coco. And I I guarantee you, if he wouldn't have been there and been in my life at that moment, I would have probably not been here today. And every every morning that I showed up, he would have this whiteboard that he had all his prayer requests on. And he would pray out loud. He usually prayed. He actually went to a closet and prayed at the church most of the time. But for me, he would pray at the front of the building And he would just pray. And I sat in the front row watching him pray. And then eventually he goes, hey Danny, why don't you pray for the, you know these people, why don't you pray for them? So I prayed for them and then I'd sit in the front row. Because I was still a little bit upset with God that those things had happened in my life. Then he started praying with me. And slowly I started building that relationship back with God and started trusting him again, and started realizing that that wasn't God's plan, that those things happened to those kids. That wasn't his design for those lives. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he has come that we'd have life, and life to the full. And it amazes me when I get off track and I forget that the very reason I'm here is the relationship with God. And I still do it. I still get off track. I still mess up. But the great thing about that is no matter how far away I can get my identity and my gifts away from the purpose that I'm here for, he hasn't moved. He's still right there waiting for me to go, man, sorry, God, And he's ready to use me. He's ready to be in close relationship with me. No matter what I've messed up at, no matter how far away I feel, his presence is still here for me. I love the fact that I didn't do anything to deserve this relationship with God. God did it all. When he sent his son When he gave himself up for us, he gave us his grace, his unmerited favor in our lives to be able to live the life that he wants us to have. But it's up to us to continually seek him. It's up to us to realize our purpose is to be close to him and then let our identity come from that and let our gifts be used by God to impact the people around us. So no matter where you're at today, whether you feel like, man, I I have messed up. I am so far from God. I got these habits in my life. I got these things I'm dealing with. Keep drawing close to God. He loves you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Keep moving to him. God, I just thank you for each and every person here today. I thank you, God, that you have plans, you have purposes for them to achieve here on the earth. But God, your purpose is that they would have, your ultimate purpose is that they would have a relationship with you. That their life would be in you. And God, I just pray that if we've been chasing gifts, if we've been chasing identity in other places, like God, oh, we would just stop running from the truth. And the truth is that we get our, our best from you. We're gonna live our best in you. We're gonna have the most excitement in you. Help us, God. Help us to walk this life that you have for us. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may not be in a relationship with God. And as I was talking earlier, you feel that emptiness in your life, you feel that spot in your heart, in your soul that you're just like, man, there's more to this than what I'm living. And you today, as I've been talking, you're like, man, this is the peace. I need to have my life in Christ. I need to find who I am in him. I've been trying it on my own. I've been doing it my own way for so long. Why not go to God and say, okay, God, now it's your turn to help me. Now it's your turn to guide me. If that's you today, and you'd say, you know what? I want to accept Christ. Every head's bowed. Every eye's closed. Maybe you've been a Christian before, but for whatever reason, you feel like you've walked away. You feel at distance with God. Why not recommit as well today? In just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer, and every, everyone's going to repeat it after me, and you would say, how would a prayer change my life? The Bible says if we confess the Lord with our mouth and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. So today, that's what we're gonna do when we pray this prayer. We're gonna confess Christ and we're gonna acknowledge that he's our Lord and Savior and that he is who he says he is. So if you wanna pray this prayer with me and you wanna accept Christ into your life, just quickly raise your hand, give me a wave. No one looking around, thank you. Anybody else today, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just. Wave at me really quickly as I look through the crowd. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gonna look through the crowd one more time. If you wanna accept Christ into your life today, just quickly right over there, thank you. Thank you. Thank you back there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you right up here. So I'll pray this prayer. Thank you over here let's all pray this prayer. Dear God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. I ask that you would come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I accept you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.